Welcome to the People Person Paper Podcast, the show where we are going chronologically, episode by episode, through every episode of the NBC sitcom The Office. My name is Hilton Price, and two years later, my co-host is still Mr. Brian Sittler. I'm sorry, what are we doing? Uh, allegedly, we're going through episodes of The Office. Oh, See, sorry. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I Wow. Let's not cover that. <laughs> we, well, no, we, I think we, we got it. No, we will. Because a lot has changed. Elephant in the room. Uh, big pandemic, uh, which honestly... <sighs> I learned what the pandemic was. I did too. I did too. I learned uh, how to lose my mind. Yeah, learned how to lose your mind and regain and it. Regain it. Uh, learned how to regain a, a beautiful head of hair as you've grown your hair yeah, out since yeah, we last uh, recorded. Let the, let the hair go. I, I still have no hair. Yeah, that, that didn't change. That didn't change. That didn't change. That didn't change. <laughs> I, I also lost my mind, because uh, that is what happens during a pandemic. We all did. Uh, but here Some of we us are. might still have. And, and a lot of people lost their mind about this little sitcom. Oh, still have lost it. Because that's a big thing, is how much the view, the public view of The Office has changed in the two short years since we've last recorded. No shit. It's been wild. It's been wild. I uh, Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I've... I've um, I'm just so glad that the the cast members and the people involved all just took time during said pandemic to just create their own <clears throat> podcasts. Um, and it, actually, that was a pre podcast, a pre pandemic. Jenna thing. Fisher and Angela Kinsey's they were, Office yeah, Ladies. Podcast. They were just before, but man, was that good timing! And that's been yeah, you. that's been such that's grown in popularity. Yes. Uh, so yeah. so the conversation yeah. about the Office is, is louder than ever. It's beautiful. And then you have other other takes on it. Brian Bumgardner has History of the Office. Yep, which yep. now is. He's and he's putting out awesome all those interviews one by one. They're really good and informative. And mm-hmm. I like to think that I could use some of the info that I got from them, but we'll see. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, all of them have us to thank. They do. Let's we are we we were the inspiration before the Quad Four. There was not as many Office podcasts. There was not as much interest in the show. No. But it's thanks to us. And no. the good work that we've done exactly through the sixty-plus episodes that we recorded before the pandemic. That's right, before they did. Uh, and now here we are picking up the torch again, picking it up uh, on a whole new website. Uh, now, uh, People Persons Paper Podcast is housed on olaministries.com. That's right. That's right. Uh, a new home we convert- for us. We converted. We did. We have converted. We ah, uh, we have found a new path, a, a, a new Lord. As I feel. It were. I feel reborn, kids. I do too. Don't you? Uh, but we're going to pick up the show more or less right where we left off. I know. I know. It's almost like trying to like go back in time to like the before time. And, and we, just watching the show right now, honestly, just I was thinking about this on the way over. Just watching the show and writing notes, it it, it, it kicked up old memory. I was like, wow, I feel like I did when I did this all the t- time ago. Yeah. And now it's sort of coming full circle. Getting in the habit of the, of the style of note taking I used uh, mm-hmm. to record what happens on these mm-hmm. episodes. Like that's uh yeah. that was all a kind of a, a, a reminder, a refreshing, yeah. a, a return. A return if you will. Cuz you've been doing OLA. Congratulations by the way. That, and I want to say right now just because you deserve it and Michael Michael Zampino deserves it too. That you guys with OLA actually were uh, were were key and instrumental in me keeping my sanity during the pandemic so well thanks very funny very funny entertaining stuff y'all should listen if you don't that's opinions like a-holes on this very network and, and we we did we we took a break uh, just like you and i did and then oh yeah uh, we came back about three or four months later 
uh, without guests. And, yep. and Michael and I have largely done the show without guests. So yes. We've had a couple uh, stop in uh, and always really uh, yeah. being mindful of COVID precautions. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a thing, uh, frankly, is, uh, you know, whatever listeners, whatever you're doing to, to deal with the last couple of years and the challenges that this, this health crisis has put upon us, uh, we here at the Quad P and uh, at OLA Ministries, we're taking it seriously. We're following yes. the science and we're trying to, to keep one another safe. Trying. Uh, uh, too many friends with uh, who are immunocompromised, uh, mm. too many uh, family members and friends of advanced age that mm. I am not taking any fucking chances. Ditto. So. Ditto. Uh, but, yeah, but, but, but we're doing our best. Uh, and, 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 and bear witness, there is, we, we do not have a guest today. So We don't. We don't. Um, Omicron is real, and we're trying to keep it real. Yeah. The guest we're trying to avoid is Omicron. We mm. do not want Omicron that's, on the show. Yeah, that's so. the uninvited guest. Yeah. So This whole thing is basically that. Yeah, but uh, but you know we've been talking about the show nearly the whole pandemic. Anytime we've gotten together to chat to catch up, it's sure. been like, when are we going to bring the P four back? When? And uh, I'm sure that's what everybody else out there is wondering. We too. know, I know. We, the, you guys have been blowing us up. I check the email every day. P four podcast at gmail.com. That is when? not a real email address. But Still. you can keep trying if you want. Keep trying. We do appreciate that. And I effort. read every one of those emails every, you don't send. That's right. Okay. Just because it says it comes back to you doesn't really mean that's what happened. Yeah, surely it's it's also hitting a mailbox. That that mail delivery uh, uh, lies d- failure notice. That that's all lies. 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 <laughs> uh, also lies. Uh, what people are saying about our favorite little show here. I see people hating on Jim and Pam. I see people oh, asking why they're me. a couple to envy. I oh see people God. saying the show is not funny. Ugh. I see people saying that the worst kind of people are into the office. Really? Yeah. You've seen this? I've seen this. Is this a Reddit thing? It's it's a Reddit thing. It's a Facebook thing. It's the, the of social media. It's me- a Facebook thing. It's the backlash. Yeah. Anytime something's popular for a while, you see that backlash. Oh, that's just bound to happen. That's just part of it. And I'll tell you, every one of those people making every one of those comments, saying that Jim and Pam aren't the best couple, saying that no one should envy them, saying that Pam's not great, saying that Jim's not great, saying that Michael's not great, saying that Holly's not great, every single one of them, 100% correct. Of course. 100% that's, correct. That's why I don't read it, because I already know they're right. And it's because, you know why they're right? Because you're allowed to have your opinion. You are. They are. Whether you love Jim or you hate Jim, whether you love Pam or you hate Pam, whether you think they're a couple to strive for or just the most boring, milk toast couple on earth, you are right. You are right. We're all right. Uh, You know why? Because the internet said so. Well, because... It gave you a platform for your opinion. Well, you know what, too? say it's not right? Here's the thing about The Office. The early seasons of this show had your um, the characters you were meant to be watching and rooting for, your Jim and Pam relationship. Mm. Um, uh, really, that was it. Well. The show shifted yeah. over time, though. They had to garner sympathy for the boss. They yeah. had to, they had to, they had to, that was a, a that was a trauma, they apparently, for the writers. Michael. Yeah, then, and, and they it, had to go against, I, I have a feeling it was probably like, say, I don't know, BJ or Mindy. They probably didn't want to, you know, like they thought that it was sacrilege doing yeah. so, you know, against the old show. But, you know, they had to soften. Them. They had American to. audiences yeah. were not going to accept a Ricky Gervais. Right. They needed a, a, yeah. a Michael and that, Scott. And that's one of those things that you have to see it to believe it, really. If you're really that if you're that. Well, watch uh, seasons one and two and mm-hmm. you see it in live action. Mm-hmm. You see it happen in real time. Mm-hmm. It's he's he is despicable in season one. Of course. He is despicable ish in season two. Exactly. And but, that's and that ish yeah, is the th- difference. And that they mm-hmm. build that ish over the years. And then sometimes it shrinks. You know, when when he's trying to be Daryl and practically doing blackface in season six, <laughs> they pull it back a little. <laughs> bit of bit, bit bit despicable again. Yeah. 
Uh, they do they do crank it up you know uh somewhat somewhat gratuitously i might say yeah. uh for certain for certain episodes and situations uh, but then hey, they can pull it back if i may and hey, you can just follow hey mr scott what you gonna do yeah you know yeah make our dreams come true that's still my mm, is that the cringiest moment it's for not. me not just for me you know i just, just that that is a hundred dollar plasma screen tv you just destroyed <laughs> no no that's heaven and, that <laughs> episode for me is heaven that was a good episode <laughs> Good episode. I have no, I have like zero cringe from that episode. Really? Yeah. Whatever cringe there is is just fun. Yeah. Like so, I guess I don't. I don't think it qualifies as cringe. I don't know. You, you know, I just, I just love, just the awkwardness is just the most fun. And I'm not, I'm not one for a cringy. You know, I, I'm, I'm not all about that. But if they, if it's done right, yeah, it could be really amazing. And another debate around the show that I feel has gotten more vocal in the last couple of years is whether or not the cringe is entertainment or makes it unwatchable. Right. I see a lot of people, especially younger viewers, who just cannot take the cringe. It's interesting. It's like it skips. This reminds me of one uh, the uh, Ed Helms was talking about the cringe factor okay. um, on the on Brian's podcast. And he was saying that his gen their generation seemed to really enjoy the cringe, like Gen X, I would say. Yeah. Um, they really like that. That's a part of what they like. And but the older generation, he was talking about the older generations really couldn't get they wouldn't they don't like that as much. Sure. So it seems like it's skipping a generation now. So like younger people don't the, want I that. I feel like the younger millennials and the Gen Z especially. But don't it's like incredible it. how much how much all the younger I mean, all these shows I listen to, they talk about how young kids love the show. Oh yeah? Yeah. Oh, I mean okay. I mean maybe it's not all of them and some don't like the cringe, but Well, and that's another know, important thing too, know. is is nothing we say, say, neither of us, you know, we're, we're it's all hearsay. We're both what forty you're forty two. <laughs> Well. I am 42. So neither of us are necessarily have our finger on the pulse, as it were. We, we're, we're seeing what we're yeah. seeing, but whether or not we're seeing the the most widespread held beliefs of any group is right. Much. Media is so splintered now. Trying to get a true Impossible. public opinion that's ubiquitous is that even feasible anymore? Do people even agree on anything that much? I mean, we all we kind of everybody has an opinion. We all turned our back on Macklemore. That's the only <laughs> thing I know for certain. We all turned our back on Macklemore. Uh, maybe not Seattle, but the rest of us. It, what's done is done. What's, <laughs> but The Office, you're right. There, there, there's got to be these kids that are getting into it. I'm seeing this corner of these kids that aren't. You know, I, 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 Does I just, any of us, either, we're both 42. Can either of us be trusted to know what kids are thinking? Probably not. Not unless their parents tell me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Their parents, your coworkers. Their and, parents. I, and you know that you're getting a filtered version too, because you were, you remember why oh, your parents you were talking about you. you talk to your folks. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. but you know, that's all I got to go off of. And I, I, one, I, one that sticks with me that apparently is a, a positive for the younger folks is just seeing yeah. people. In, I mean, in this kind of, it's even more pronounced with the pandemic. Um, just seeing people in a normal office, having that stability, um, and going somewhere and then like having relationships, like it's almost a novelty to a degree. Oh, wow. These so days, a lot of these pandemic kids who don't understand. Yeah. Well, they just don't have any idea. And I remember like I had something similar, I suppose, when, when my brother first told me about office space and he was yeah. like, if you have a job, you'll really, you know, be able to appreciate it. But apparently that's not, that doesn't apply to everybody, perhaps. Just the idea of, I wonder what, the, what that's like. You know, it seems like when you're not having to do it every day, it's, it seems almost like a novelty. And in a comedy, that's pretty funny. So it's it's not even as much about, like, for someone who's had an office job, seeing something relatable, but for someone who's never had an office job, mm -hmm. seeing that world they've only heard about. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, I could see that. Well, and it makes you that. wonder, does that going to shape what people think an office is? 
Do are people going to think that your accountant has to be an idiot because Kevin is <laughs> is an idiot? Is, is the HR guy evil? <laughs> yeah. Does everyone always Every, hate HR, HR? You know. I mean, there are truthisms, whatever truisms. True. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, that's true. And HR is often a, a separate entity from the. Company. I kind of get that. It's not always like it doesn't have to be like that. But I I could see like in um, a big corporations like that. Yeah. Not not for the reasons that Michael wants. No. <laughs> Michael just doesn't like Toby because he spoils his fun. Yeah. 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 Michael but, doesn't like anyone that comes down on him. But that, yeah, everybody else just doesn't want to be snitched on yeah. or they don't want to be observed. Yeah. Or, or whatever it yeah. is. Well, or, there's you know, that thing that the like, tattletale thing. A- HR yeah. works for corporate. They don't yeah, work that's for right. you. I always forget that, that mentality. That's right. He's yeah. not a part of the family or He's his not even family. part of his own family. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But actually, there's no Toby in this episode. There is no Toby. Instead, we have... You know why? Amy Ryan's Holly. Amy... Oh, and thank God that we do. You know, I had to go, actually. I, I enjoyed this. I um, To get my wherewithals back, because it's been like two years, um, mm-hmm. I had to go back and watch the previous episode. Okay. And to, to get like, oh, well, where, are we, where are we now? And where what's, are we? what's going on? What is the dynamic of the office? Uh, we, yeah. we haven't mentioned it. We are in season five, yeah, what episode are we talking about? four, Crime Aid. It's a synonym. It is a synonym. It, it, well, I can't it, remember exactly what, or an ac- I'm sorry, acronym. It's, it's an, an acronym. acronym. It's an acronym. Was, yeah. Uh, what and it stands I, for is uh, crime reduces innocence, makes everyone angry. I, I declare. declare. I knew that one. Part. That yeah. is very important. That, that um, I, where, whereas it's interesting how, what he uh, describes it earlier in the, um, in the episode as like opposed to farm aid, which is about farms and their battle against AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. Farms battling this is, AIDS. This is this is the battle against our own poverty. Yeah, this is a war on poverty. <laughs> our own. Which, if anyone has been in a major city, you can tell we are winning that war on poverty. Whew. Glad that's over. Almost. Big win. Yeah. Big win for uh, the fight against poverty. Oh, anytime. Oh, and can I can I throw in one little just factoid that love, love a factoid that I just want to be part of the show from now on. Uh, Donald Trump is no longer president. Woohoo! <laughs> That so, that happened. We didn't was, mean, and it was awesome. We didn't mean to get political on. No, it. no, no. We can but back to the show. Point. Anyway, I just wanted to interject that just for a second. Because, crime uh, reduces innocence. Speaking of crime, makes everyone <laughs> angry. <laughs> I, I declare. All right. And, um, yeah, and yes. <laughs> so Michael and Holly uh, are are just hitting it off, dating as it is. Yeah, they oh, oh, had their oh. first date. I was going to say. I'm sorry. I, I, um, I, I, I had to go back and watch the previous um, episode just to get everybody re-caught back up yeah. with what, what just happened. So when we, when we were last here, last time, last time on the Quad P, there was a baby shower. Ah. Michael was not the father of that baby shower, but he was throwing the baby shower. And for Jan, the Jan, ice queen, the ice queen, and her her soon to be daughter Asturd. Asturd, yes, it's a beautiful name. It is a beautiful name, and um, we also pondered um, what it would like. Oh gosh, I, I I brought it up too soon, but we also pondered what it would be like if a baby was president, mm-hmm. which sure. would not be good. It would be awful. That would be bad. That we, would be that bad. Would not, uh, good times. Not want that. And Dwight was stress testing a twelve thousand dollars stroller. Yeah. Was that 12K? Is that what 12K. Wow. Much nicer than the stroller, the all that everybody chipped in to buy little Holly. Yeah. Which, though, I did. Little Astrid. Sorry. Little Astrid. Astrid. Oh my yeah. God. Crisscross those ones. Yeah. I did notice the uh, uh, stroller that they did buy her yeah. was just next to Michael right when Jan pulls away. Okay. I don't oh, know if I'd ever noticed that she before. She didn't take it. She, she didn't, didn't take, take it. it. Nope. Didn't, nope, want didn't the take it. She's yeah. a bad person. She kind of is. She kinda yeah, is. she kind of is. Yeah. But um, I did. That's why everybody loves the um, 
out the outtake where Kevin's wondering where uh, where the, the sperm baby come from. Yeah, and yeah. It, and I just really hope that Kevin's the father. I do too. I, I do think too. we all do because then that kid's got a future in numbers, which is right. finance, that's which right. is good. <laughs> he can do his taxes. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but uh, so Michael reconnected with Holly after treating her so badly all day, and they are on the rocket ride to God knows where. Yeah, they hit it off, and they're what I love about the first couple scenes uh, with the. Um, uh, them uh, uh, the, the the cold open is Pam in New York. She's yeah. working in New York. Michael gets her the job, which I think is appropriate, especially coming back right now. We get to the heart of the show. Yeah, those two characters. I think it's appropriate. It was just a nice reminder that this is in, yeah. we're still very much in deep oh, yeah. in the Pam and Jim story. Pam's here. in a wayland. Yeah. In fact, we're yeah. about to get to some really big moments with them. In fact, no maybe kidding. Next episode, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the one after. It's coming up real soon. Uh, yeah. Almost had a connection tonight with Jim racing off to New York when when Roy plants a seed of doubt in his mind. Yeah, I like the way they brought Roy back in. Kind of, uh, it was a great seemed, little bit. Seemed like a nice organic little. Yeah, I mean, everyone could say you know just happened to be going in there, but it kind of showed like they're still in the same world. They still go to the same places. Well, and and they're using the story of what happened with Roy and Jim to organically create conflict for Jim. Yeah. Roy shows at this, up at, at the a bar. particular time yeah. in in their relationship. And it's so subtle. Roy shows up yeah, at the bar, they're right? getting along and 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 Jim tells him that how she's in New York and that he had just heard the voicemail with her mm, and her friends out to late a.m. Yeah, out to late a.m. and Roy one line you are her friend. Yeah. Just a, a nice little huh. planted seed of what could happen. You know, as, as nice as he is to Jim, you know, I'm not going to hurt you, you know, and then just kind of gives him the cold shoulder immediately and goes off to say hi to, to, to Daryl yeah. and crew. And it's the nicest, like, it's the most passive-aggressive nice guy I think I might have ever seen, one of them at least, It's in one scene. It's a lot of nuance for Roy. Uh, really is actually David for Denman such a simple character. Yeah, plays it real subtle and and great, has a big great impact. actor. But like great, I I hearing him in interviews and stuff right now. I kind of wish they would have found a way to get him more to keep him on the show. Really? I know it was pretty much impossible, and he said this. He said as much. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's you said back to what you were saying though about just new, yeah. just a good way of like playing that scene to yeah. where he didn't have to say a lot. He just kind of used those subtle bits. Mm-hmm. And, and and as a viewer. It instantly makes you angry at Roy and mad at him for doing all this. It, it keeps that kind of conflict, and, and and you're you're invested in Jim and Jesus, Jim. Don't go to New York. The last <laughs> thing you need to do is go show up to this girlfriend you're supposed to be trusting, where things are going well. And then when he comes to his senses, you're like, it's it's there. There's that We're release that, and yeah. that relief. Yeah. My only complaint with that Jim and Pam storyline in this episode, yeah, is that um, they pulled they they pulled the punch. You know. What do you mean? By having Jim come to his senses and turn around, we didn't. There was no moment of conflict between him and Pam. There was no growth between the two of them. Mm. And I guess it's fine, but they they played Jim and Pam so safe the entire show. Yeah, they always. And maybe it's because they just knew how much we just were rooting for them as viewers at the time. Sure, sure. I think it goes. I think it kind of does go along with the fact that the whole episode with them is just that, about them not being on the same page. Yeah, and like. He's like, because that's with the with the conversation on the phone at the end, and like, yeah, there was no, there was no connection, but I think it just kind of went along with the dissonance yeah. uh, that he was probably feeling, and just probably, you know, what a confluence of events, right? Like with with Roy just throwing off that that comment, and then, but with everything that had led up to that, with the Sarah Kaya comes in conversation, and then now that's not this episode. No, that's this episode. Oh wait, oh wait. Was that? No, that's I not thought I was going to do that. I was, yeah, right, right. Yeah, but that no, was that's... one thing from an episode earlier that kind of like they had been off. 
Um, you're talking with the missed phone calls. With the missed phone yeah, calls and yeah. all that. Wait, was that? Was, That's not this episode. Oh, you're right. Okay, this I episode, did it again. I was afraid I was going to do that. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, my bad. My bad. But um, so I guess it's just a furthering. Yeah, them trying to play up any kind of. But that's you a know, good point. Any kind of so, anxiety, so, any kind of anxiety so that they l- might. Last can. episode was the missed phone calls yeah. and the voicemails right. at the end, right? Where right. they finally have the, um, yeah. where they're talking about the same situation yeah. in the laundromat, and, and, you, and yeah. you, you kind of see they, they know that they're they're apart, but they're still you know they they still have that connection. They're apart. There. They they they've been not Together on the same apart. page all episode, <laughs> and then at the end you can see through them talking about the same thing, how they're very much still they're on, Jim and Pam. Yeah, they're still there. Yeah. yeah. They, it's, it's just almost, circumstance. It's just circumstance. Or, or yeah, the rhythm was a little of. off, but yeah. they were both still te- yeah. doing the same thing. They know it's nothing deeper than yeah. than that. They're yeah. not trying to like... So maybe that's know. why the, yeah. the Jim turns around. Maybe that's why, because they, they, yeah. they already had enough stress on the relationship that they don't need to do that again this episode. You know, right? They can they can have Jim have that moment of growth, that realization, the coming to his senses, mm-hmm. uh, without having him show up in New York. Cause yeah, because his yeah. he it ends with him just saying, "I am not that guy, and right. we are not that couple." Right. And and I think it would have, in a way, like if he showed up just kind of out of the blue, like maybe she might have took taken that that he doesn't trust her. Yeah. And maybe you know. He and he need and maybe he that was one of the realizations he could maybe that maybe he sort of maybe that went through his head perhaps I don't know yeah. it's hard to say it is kind of um but it's such a, a diff, like only a show like this could make this feel I mean, even with a camera crew like following them around like if you think of it in a certain way it does it is ridiculous oh sure but but it, you know whatever get past that otherwise there's a there's a realism to that that you know that could. Long distance relationships are, are a bitch. Exactly, and this is and, a very real thing that happens. Right, and and you have a you have an ex fiance involved, and like and the ex fiance planting seeds, planting of doubt. seeds, you know, or, and kind of doing it in an organic way. But you're like, well, and it doesn't always know. happen with the ex mentioning it out loud. But I think just in relationships, anyone there's always there there is that line that people tell each other that like if if you are in a relationship with someone that 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 came about because they left their former partner for you mm-hmm. there's always that doubt that wondering what if they leave me for someone new the same way they left their former partner for me yeah that's a very real concern that oftentimes people in relationships have if mm-hmm. the previous relationship ended in that unusual way for sure for sure so this is really just kind of Using a very real experience that people feel as a plot point. Exactly, and and there's a there's an element of foreshadowing mm-hmm. for those of you who. And just a reminder for everybody listening to this, maybe for the first time, we do uh, spoiler alerts. Oh yeah, we do talk about all the past and present and future Always. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the foreshadowing I'm talking about is the very end of that call, that six minutes that he was listening to Pam, who accidentally called Jim. Yeah. While she was out partying, carousing around. In the beginning of the episode, that exactly. really you know, sets yeah. up that little thing that Roy's going to plant the doubt. Yep. And he's yes, exactly. And right before he hangs up. Uh, the guy's like, can't take Philly out, can't take Philly out of the girl or something like that. And then you hear Pam say, Scranton. And oh, and that's when he hangs up right there, like mother, future mother of my children. And that's the last thing she says right before he hangs up. And the idea that she doesn't like to be associated with Philly, Philly she wants to be or associated she with knows where she's from. She knows who she is. Yeah. Like, or, you know, and, yeah. and, and I don't know if they totally went back to that like oh yeah we had i don't know if they were planting seeds for season nine but i mean you know that was like uh that's a, that's a hell of foreshadowing right there Just like the idea back, that even and you wouldn't know anything at the time like no, during, d- no that you don't know anything about that like yeah. 
The I, but the idea that she's from Philly, she's you're worried about New York. That's what you're worried about, like during as a fan in the episode. Yeah, and you have what's his face. But um, to think you know, four seasons earlier, she was already kind of bristling at the idea of being associated with Philly. Mm-hmm. How wild is that? <laughs> I know. And and that's not an uncommon thing. The idea that like you know like if uh, it's kind of like an Easter egg. Well, imagine you know some of our uh, our you know we've had friends here. We live in Tulsa, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We've got yeah. friends that live in the surrounding communities: Broken Arrow, sure. Shanks, Sand Springs, Skyatook, and this and these. Is- Places, yeah. a lot of people. You grow up in Jenks. Someone's like, "Oh, so what's Tulsa like?" I'm not from. I'm from Jenks. You know, people do that <laughs> wow. shit. People care about their hometown, where they're from. You know? True. Yeah. I so. mean, there's definitely a difference between Broken Arrow. Definitely a difference between out. You live out in Sand Springs, right? Yeah. Sepulpa, even yeah. like you know, like it's um yeah. People, people definitely recognize. They definitely uh, more. Heck, take you never ever met anyone who's shoot from Fort Worth. I'm South Midtown. <laughs> Right? <laughs> ever had ever had someone ever tell someone from Fort Worth that they're from Dallas? No, they'll, I haven't. They'll kill you. <laughs> they'll cut you over that. Or, or Why? Because that's the that's from, the that's the richer part of yeah. Um, or I don't uh, know. I don't well, know. there's just a lot somewhat. of like, people have opinions Different in the reasons. Dallas Fort Worth area. If they, if, sure. they ever meet anyone they, born in Richardson or, or Plano, yeah, right. No, you tell like, them they're from Dallas, they'll kill you. <laughs> that's the last thing they'll, they'll it's do. It's true, man. Like it's the same type of thing. Yeah. Just because exactly. Dallas like encompassed everything, like so, it's just a really great example of how they stayed true to Pam yeah. through the yeah. seasons and, and true to her character identity. Yeah, and they were really trying hard. I think that even in the deleted scenes, I think they were even trying harder to make them kind of look like there was more obstacles that they had to deal with. I can't remember anything specifically off the top of my head, but I know because they were because everything was so seamless with their relationship, you know, except for the whole, you know, she had a fiance and. Yeah, their relationship one and two, they were fine. Like they never had to. So like to conjure up all that, try to make conflict and try to make it interesting. They they was kinda, still it was becoming more of a thing before the first three seasons. They kind of painted it in such broad strokes. The idea that if we could just get them together, they'll be okay. So that when season four starts and they're together, the writers have really painted themselves into a corner because they. Created this couple that they they tried to paint with in a sense that they're so great and they're so great for each other yeah. that now finding conflict organically that you're going to make feel real and have your viewers be okay with yeah. that's a bold challenge. Yeah, I can't imagine trying to do that. I know. Yeah, they especially with the end the way that the way that season three ends. I mean uh, that that's just kind of I mean that's like the that's the payoff that you know such a boom payoff after three seasons yeah two seasons really i well what two and a half well but but still like to go from that it's kind of like that's why i started thinking about you were talking earlier about how your perception of characters changes over time after you watch the show a lot of times sure i was such a jim pam like I was all about them the first time. You were a Jim Pam stan, as they, as the kids say now. You, you wow. were a big fan of them. Big fan. And then through more watchings, I ended up liking Dwight more than Jim. Yeah. And Jim was actually one of the weaker characters. I got to say. Yeah. In the pantheon of characters, I mean, and I just say that like maybe weaker is harsh, but I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't appreciate his characters as much. Anyway, once I knew he had nothing to lose. And everything was going to work out, I guess. Yeah. The, I don't know, like the, his, his appeal wasn't as much as it was the first time around. Sure. Just, I don't know. And, but I don't like, yeah. And I wasn't crazy about the way his character progressed too, as like, as, as they were the married couple. Yeah. Same. I got to say, I mean, that's just my opinion, but. D- didn't love the shenaniganery they found themselves involved in. Didn't, mm. didn't love his, the plot lines, you know, no. right. Franken beans. Don't care. 
Don't care. <laughs> PP helper. Don't care. Okay, that part's I funny. mean, he still had awesome one-liners. Like in this, like one of the one-liners I do love from him is when Michael's trying to explain how he got the Bruce the Bruce Springsteen tickets. Yeah. And he's just going walk talking in circles as he does, and he just goes like, "Do you need us here for this?" <laughs> yes, that's a great bit. I caught that today too. I mean, that was one that like you can forget it if you don't keep watching the episodes enough. But yeah, they still had it. Like he still had his. I don't know. Like he was still he was still a strong enough character in the season. Well, and that's the thing is in the end they hadn't made a manager yet. Is Jim a one note character? Is he just? Well, he's, he's just kind of the. I mean, he's sort of the straight guy. So and, I mean, like, he's sort he, of our throughway to a degree. But he really, has quip, he has quips against Michael and Dwight. Yeah, he's great to riff off characters. Right, but, but then they say the heart of the ep, the character the, the ep, of the episodes is really Pam, Pam, or or, or, or Michael, you know, or Dwight, or Dwight. You no, know? right, yeah. and and that's where my interest went to was Dwight. Like, yeah. I was like, I didn't I didn't appreciate nearly enough how amazing Rain Wilson was. Well, and, and he's and, another and one. That character. The same way they toned down Michael's despicableness, they toned down Rain's, uh, Dwight's absurdity. Sure. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of, there's some bad qualities too. You know, <laughs> oh, of course. You know, he's got a few. He's not. He's a little fucked in the head. But oh, he's going through. Uh, yeah, he's going through therapy during this episode. By the way, the, 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 this is a great episode on 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 relationship dynamics. It really is. For, I mean, frankly. we've got three very. Three couples all, in very different stages all of All over the place. Michael and Holly, third date, uh, introducing sex, sex into the relationship. I didn't know that was a thing, apparently. Like, the third, like, generally, did, is this... Um, the third date the rule? The third date you're rule? You're not familiar like, with the third date I, rule? I, apparently you not. Are, you, are, you are a good man, Brian <laughs> Sittler. That's, you're you're that's a pure the, man. Uh, and and and, <laughs> and and I, 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 I'm really proud to know you. I mean... Look at you with your innocence. I'm trying. Your, I, I think it grew back. I don't know. <laughs> must be. <laughs> the innocence grew back yeah. after a while. It's like a hymen. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, that is a no thing. good for them. They're, they're they're having mini golf time and bantering back and forth, and well, those two are just meant for each other. Well, and there's obviously just such a strong attraction there. Um, oh. Both just romantically, they they seem to play well off each other. They're both very silly and goofy. So, I mean, they 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 pulled it off. They actually made a a, a female character that could be attracted to Michael Scott. Well, and that was also had similar goofy qualities. Yeah. They kind of had to make a yeah, but uh, Amy Ryan is still cute. She's still adorable. Yeah. She's in these still authentic. She's still authentic. Exactly. She's so authentic. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's just it's adorable. <laughs> she seems she yes yeah, she seems very believable, very fun, and I, and, and I get it. And just and just nasty enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, I couldn't think of another word. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, but you see that too with, with the incident that kind of prompts the 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 leaving of the office unlocked is they're going to go on their date. Yeah. And first off, they 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 talk about Michael brings up sex way too early of course yeah and it's funny how she she and she, maybe she's one of the only i don't know she'd known him enough like she could recognize the innocence there i suppose or just the she, nervousness i guess well she just seems to be on the same page yeah. she, she was like you know you could tell yeah. so he he mentions that but she's taken aback a little bit obviously she's surprised Surprise. he makes a comment about that they're going to decide their food based <laughs> yeah, on but, having sex hey you know it's not a bad idea like i mean you don't want to have a whole I don't know, yeah, exactly. seventy-two ounce steak or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't <laughs> want anyway, to go out for like the the biggest burrito at the Mexican restaurant. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Have some soup, yeah, something light. Some, right? Yeah. So he's so caught up on the what he's going to eat before he has sex. <laughs> it's, 
really and then great. that deleted scene i love that the, the, the meeting with um oh when he can't stop the, when he, he can't even, stop yeah daryl daryl and angela are talking about the budget stuff that he, he even says hell yeah hell he he just like it <laughs> that's so cute well and that's the thing too is, is she when when he says that makes a sex comment to her she's shocked and then you can see her weighing it over and, and then she just kind of she realizes that this is the kind of guy he is, and she's okay with it. Yeah. And so, fine, we're going to throw it out on the table. Yep, yeah. tonight's the night. Yeah, and she wasn't going to wait till after dinner. So, Well, and that's the thing, too, is then you see the scene where they're playing Uno. <laughs> crazy uh, eights. Crazy eights. Yeah. Crazy. The two, yeah. <clears throat> Apparently, a two-hour... Uh, cra- he, he mentions like their, their reservation isn't for like an hour 45. <laughs> yeah. And the office is dark, by the way. Did you notice that? So everyone's left. Everyone's left. They've this just is, decided yeah. to hang out at the office until it's time for their date. Apparently, this is like 6.15, Scranton, Pennsylvania, PM. Exactly. And, the, yeah. and, and it's after two hours of crazy age, she's like, screw this. Well, when they they finally go to leave and she says, I forget my keys. I forgot my keys. In. More more deception. And it kind of called back to, oh, like she's, you know, she's being uh, you know, she's a little actress. She's a thespian too, just like him. Yeah. And just like they're, you know, when they're playing off of, oh, I can't go out with you because I'm or I'm doing something else. I'm going out with you. Oh yeah. You know, like she does That's it again. The same tone of voice. Like, oh, I forgot my keys. Yeah. Inside. Oh, yeah, I forgot my keys. And like what? Oh, and then and then you know just Steve Carell and that kind of um, it, it had it had kind of forty year old forty year old virgin vibes too. Like yeah. him kind of being you know what's going on? Okay, ah. and then and then and then the gag with the volume. That's such a great bit to remind oh, us that it is a documentary where they so play with the the uh, microphones. <laughs> yeah, the not, yeah the, the the volume the volume knob or whatever it is, and he thinks he turns it down. Where he, no, he turns it all the way up, and there I think they're all alone. And her little laugh there at the end is pretty cute. Yeah, <laughs> and we go through. He's all like, "We're completely alone," <laughs> and, and and just such a great little gag for us as the audience to have that be magnified. Oh, you know, the, God, the volume yes. is increased. Oh, it's just God. such a. <laughs> <laughs> they do a really, really good job with it. They do, and and um, you know, it bonds them in this whole and 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 basically, it's the diversion. That's what I like to think of this as yeah. because the whole crime aid is is just you know, did 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 hopefully there weren't cameras out there. The detectives apparently the cops don't know what's going on. They don't know what happened. Like. Yeah. I, you know, the, do they not have? Is there no stationary cam in the office? I think Dwight actually mentioned that, like the cameras didn't. <sighs> Really? Go back and look at it. I, I thought that because he has a little joke about maybe it's someone wanting vintage oh, HP computers. Vintage HP computers. <laughs> that was a fun little joke That's for us. Such a good joke for us uh, Zennials. We we really get that because we all had HP in every office that we worked in, like back in college or exactly or in uh, after college for about 10, 15 years. Though the there, little was farm, a, the little grass or the whatever logo that was, they were everybody got. Oh, that was Gateway. Oh, that was, was Gateway. gateway with okay, the, never with, mind. With the cow pattern. Never mind. That's what I was thinking but, of. But, but yeah. that's another thing. That's that's but that's really Similar what that joke time, is, is. Is 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 yeah. that's his way of just saying that that office was all old <laughs> HP computers. <laughs> and anyone who's worked in an office knows that every one, every computer in their office for probably about ten years is the same brand. And then finally, one day they all get upgraded. And then ten years later, those same most recent upgrades are the same ones you got. <laughs> I just want to say that the op- that the phones they have in the office are yeah. the same phones that I have in my in my oh, office. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, and that's fine. They work fine. So yeah. it's like it's no, it's they don't need to upgrade them. It's cool. But well, and, and the reason funny. you know the reason people upgrade their their computers is because their needs change. You know, yeah. I'm a gamer, so sure. I, uh, my laptop is starting to get outdated because when I want to play the latest games, they don't run as well on here. Right. You know, some people they do if they're if they're running web sensitive applications, they've had to upgrade stuff o- over the years. Graphic artists like to have Apple. Exactly. Even, yeah. You know. Well, and yeah, graphic artists. They 3D prefer artists, that everyone that. 
I've ever known. Anyone that does video or audio editing, th- those those programs get more complicated. Those file sizes get larger. So mm-hmm. you need a better computer. Mm-hmm. Selling paper for 10 years, your needs don't change. You, as long as you have a working browser to surf, surf the internet, you're fine. So no one needed a new computer for the longest time. Can I say, it, I was really interested in, in when Pam is at corporate and yeah. she just has all those random people working on her. I'm like, what are they doing at corporate? Like... Yeah, what's corporate Dunder <laughs> what Mifflin all about? <laughs> like, know? do they just manage all the other branches and just? And what do they? They don't sell. They what, sell paper to Manhattaners, I guess. What is managing? <laughs> I mean, the brand has a manager, like, you know. It's I don't get it, the, but the, the, we got to. No our wonder first. this company is bleeding money. <laughs> the, the amount of bureaucratic bullshit. But there's forty people in that office. Apparently, they can still afford to have a a a, a temp. Uh, a full-time slash temp work there while yeah. she's going to art school. So kudos. Yeah. Gotta say. And, um, oh, although thing. I guess I don't know if they pay the temps a lot. Remember that Ryan does still live with his mother. So true. And gets rides to work from her. Oh, so. right guy. Right. Guy. Like his little moments, uh, his little moment with David Wallace when he walks in and their, their effort to make him to actually take the time to show him looking anxious because, Yep. He thinks David Wallace might kill him. <laughs> well, this is still only five episodes is, since the firing. Yes, so. I mean when keeping his enemies close. Episodes, excuse me. Oh, that's all right. No. Yeah, that. uh, and that David Wallace bit is great. Um, mm. uh, just a, a further cementing of what a great character he's been on the show. He's yeah. always there to to help, to support. Right. Stri- Stand up guy. Where was the rest of corporate coming down? Right. Offers his yeah. uh, his place in Martha's Vineyard for the weekend. Yeah, and then you know it's a, it's a weird dichotomy once again with. Um, him showing up and helping out, and then the very end, seeing Michael and Holly and 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 having to be the bad guy. That's the great thing about this episode is how subtle the cliffhanger is and how uh, they work it in. Because um, the cliffhanger with David Wallace realizing that Michael and Holly are an item and, and not being okay with it is kind of out of left field. It really is. We have not dealt with anything that 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 shows corporate's view on inter-office relationships before. Right. We've just never seen this. Right. So because of that... Um, so because of Jan, basically, like he... Michael was never allowed to date... A, I mean... Maybe. What am I missing? I feel, it's been two years. <laughs> well, 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 what, yeah, well, that's true. It's like what, whatever it is, because I, I don't know that they ever say it's because I, of Jan. Yeah. I, but obviously that makes sense. That was, I think that's the reason I always conjured in my head was because he had such a tumultuous thing with Jan. Yeah. And like David just didn't want to, he just didn't want to d- deal with all that again or sure. something like and that. And that. that's a, a nice organic reason. And that's another thing that this show has done well. Well, that's why Michael was so upset in the couple shows down yeah. when, um, you know, when they're in, uh, where'd they go? Vancouver? Uh, no, Toronto. Yeah. And he's just going off on yeah. David at the end. Yeah. Well, he's obviously, he's and mad about he's Holly. He's mad yeah. about, he, he still doesn't understand it. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, and what's yeah. great is, is, is this episode, that's set up so naturally. I know. David shows up to help with the fundraiser. Like, oh, that's good. I'm glad he's here. Oh, he's a surprise. Yeah. When he shows up, and 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 his is the first because remember before that we've only and, and without the deleted scenes we've only had like Kevin with the accounting that nobody mm-hmm. wants. Mm-hmm. We've had Hank's music that doesn't seem to be selling super well. We've had Creed. Creed, that's all inclusive. <laughs> so David's condo is the first thing that makes any money. 
Yeah. It's the first thing that people bid on, and that seems to be a worthwhile thing for the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oscar goes right for 100 Yeah. A hundy right there. Also, way to, like, they started the bidding for Holly's Yoga at 300 <laughs> Well, that was Michael who did that. But the Martha's <laughs> Vineyard oh, is I, 100 bucks. Right. <laughs> well, that's just Michael doesn't know the... Um, Money. The... the, the... <laughs> Did you ever see this episode called Money? <laughs> that explains it. We need to go back and rewatch it. He really, that. you know, he had that whole thing that, you know, about iPods equaling how much somebody, lo- or no, Christmas presents equaling how much somebody loves you or yeah. something like that. Yeah. His, his shit is way out of whack still. I mean, yeah. but $300 and then, you know, but he gets the great classic moment of banging the gavel. Yeah. The squeaky gavel. It's all she could find. Yeah. But David shows up, and it seems to be a turning point in the episode where he's really the hero. He 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 gets yeah. money coming into this thing, and finally yeah. we're starting to see yeah. a a good thing worth bidding on, mm-hmm. and b some money. Did we ever see how much the that went for? I don't remember. I was like four or five hundred, maybe. Because I mean, and then and then Phyllis's hug goes for a grand. That goes for a grand to her well, husband. <laughs> that's that, I mean, but I mean that's, that's a whole other thing. We need to get to to, to that, Dwight. Yeah. Back to gotta go back to Dwight, and I don't know how we want to fit that in. But uh, that's you were going to say something. The uh, well, just that you know, David shows up as the hero to get this off episode back on track yep. to really exemplify why he's been such a, a great character as yeah. kind of a straight man yeah. amid all this. Uh, he's the straightest foolishness. The straight man. Yes. Yeah. But then, Somehow within just a matter of minutes, now he has kind of set into motion our next big problem. Yeah. Our next concern as viewers is, oh, oh fuck, oh. is that going to be a problem for Michael and Holly? And, and sure enough, it is. The atom bomb that is David Wallace. Yeah. Just... Which is interesting. We haven't seen David Wallace be a problem no. before. No. This is kind of the one time when he's going to kind of be part uh, yeah. a character that we don't like. This is true. He Yeah, for the most part, he's been he's been a positive... Um, he's done... I mean, he's gone... He, he, he went... He'll go up and beyond and be up and above when it comes to uh, Charles Minor. Oh, sure. sure Eventually. Sure. The whole Charles Minor bit. And, and of course, in the very end, uh, helping mm-hmm. Andy mm-hmm. And, and really kind of getting us back on track yeah. with control of the company. And obviously suck it. So Yeah, and suck it. <laughs> and and I, I, the actor's name escapes me right now. Do you know uh, off the top of your head? Oh, my goodness. Andy Buckley. Andy Buckley. Andy yes. Buckley. There Andy it is. Buckley, yeah. uh, he just seems like the nicest guy. Oh, uh, really. Yeah. still carries around the Dunder Mifflin business cards yeah. and hands them out. Oh, that's great. Just has a good attitude about the No, yeah. He, he, he's a great... He's a great... It's, it's amazing how naturally... I mean, it's obviously the... the the character is tailored after what he'd done most of his he life. Because had, he'd been in the corporate world. Right. He yeah. had been a corporate like manager. He worked at some like Lehman Brothers or yeah. something like that. One of those investment companies. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but but you never, I never got the feeling like he wasn't an actor. Yeah, that's the right, cra- exactly. That's the crazy part. Like, he was still that natural enough. And even when they had to go off script when he kind of loses his marbles, yeah. you know, and him and Michael are in the hot tub, like... He still plays. He still plays a crazy guy pretty good. Well, he's probably he's probably known plenty of guys who who lost a job and and, and lost it lost it a little bit after. That's that. true. That's oh man, yeah, yeah. The financial. Business. How many? How many? How many? How many hedge fund managers were in their hot tub just losing their mind? Right. <laughs> where's, where's Wall Street? In two thousand and eight and nine. Right. Yeah. Um, it's true, but but yeah. So he's kind of setting us up yeah, for the the, the trouble up. ahead mm-hmm. and what we'll see in the next few episodes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Michael. So Michael goes from you know top of the world and just you know he's right off the edge of the cliff. And it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Whereas Dwight is now desperate. He's uh, well, straight, and, and up it's really kicked off desperate. by Andy and and the save the date cards. Yeah, with a, a he has like a gutter. He's right, like he's a writhing, like writhing. That was the first word I thought when I saw him, just sort of like just in this chair, just looking up. Like, Dwight, God, please help me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he, he, you can see it. He the collapse is when when Andy hands him the the save the date, and he goes, "You've set a date." date. 
no, 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 no. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, that was a little later when he was writhing. Yeah. That's right. You've set a date and just looking at and Angela doesn't look comfortable either. Yeah. So. Well, you. Could, I mean, this know, whole time obviously. we've never had any suggestion that Angela really wants to marry Andy. Well, it's almost like a game of chicken. It's a perverted game of chicken. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, and, and and that's why the ultimatums come. You know. Uh, fast and heavy in this episode. Well, and it's six fourteen. Yeah. Well, and oh, and I I didn't realize how well shot that scene where the 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 timer on his watch goes off. And the blue. Right, and he looks at Angela. She looks away. You see his his face Hank. just crack. And right as his he's done cracking is when Hank starts singing. Yep. Oh, perfect. Uh, so well done. It's <laughs> one of the most brilliant. And you can get you can lose. I don't think I, when I first heard it, I was just laughing my ass off at Hank. Yeah. And seeing him and his officer in his, in his security guard outfit on the CD. Yeah. With the guitar. Which he's got many CDs printed. He's, he's apparently been selling CDs of blues music for a minute. And rest in peace, Hugh Dane. Hugh Dane. Hell yeah. Yeah. Rest who I read had never played guitar ever before this episode. <laughs> That's so and good. He sold it, man. <laughs> and he did. As, as just Two this, chords is all you need. Mediocre ass <laughs> blues music. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael's definitely <laughs> seeing Michael in the he's in, in the room. Got his head in his hands. <laughs> he's in a whole nother kind of hell. Dwight's in the real hell. Well, and that's yeah. why this was such a, a great episode of The Office, as such a quintessential <laughs> episode, is because that shot the the comedy of Frank, uh, excuse me, of Hank's mediocre <laughs> talent, but the 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 confidence in himself with that stack of CDs ready to sell. Only then juxtaposed against Dwight having this soul-crushing moment of realizing that his ultimatum has failed. Angela is not going to take him back. Nope. And then right as we have that emotional weight of true pain right. of Dwight, it cuts to Michael, <laughs> who's just watching his horrible idea fall to fucking pieces. So there's multiple levels, you see. <laughs> just of heartache and... It and is, Andy is just, I love the way Andy's just sitting there completely oblivious the yeah. whole time. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. we have the idiot, we have the idiot that's in pain, and we have, like, the idiot that's in hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... It's, uh... Oh, God. It, it's... Episodes... You, people can rail Strong. against this show uh, for the, for many things. But Brilliant. The 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 detail and the intricacies of the writing in some yeah. of these scenes is top notch. I don't know. I know Jen Salata directed this. I think. Okay. I think um, who wrote it? Because she's she's really good. Um, Has she hit, directed a lot of them? Yeah, she directed se- uh, several of them. She was one of the primary. She became like one of the primary, and then she became showrunner later. I think with her, her and Paul. I think they both. I think they both did it after Greg left. Okay. Um, Looks like Charlie Grandy was the writer on this. He wrote one. right, and then she directed it. Okay. She directed some of um, some of my favorites. Yeah, I'm I can't remember everything else Charlie did, but I'm pulling him up on the Dunderpedia now to see if I can get that in. Yeah. What a... Let's see if we get that in. Yeah. Oh, he's done several. He also did yeah. Broke. He did Double okay. Date. He wow. did The Delivery. Andy's yeah. Play. Oh. Yeah. Inner Circle, yeah. Lotto, and Get the Girl. Yeah, so she she wrote. Um, He's a later writer, huh? It, yeah, she's a yeah. So she did email surveillance, drug testing, great grief counseling, Benihana Christmas, Beach Games with Greg Daniels. Okay, and then Launch Party, Goodbye Toby. Oh the, wow, the Duel, Company Picnic later on. Oh wow, and and really after season six, it looks like she's done. 
Yeah. And then she went on. I can't remember. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's his writer. Uh, okay. She does uh, promos in season nine. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, she's a, she's a really fun listen on. If you ever listen to Brian Baumgartner's um, uh, This is the Office, or forgetting the name of it, but his Office podcast is, is fun. And she has a lot of, I think hers is actually split up in two because she talks so much about everything and it's really funny. But I think she was really good. Her good, she was really good at writing for Michael and like Michael's most like more tender moments, I think. Like, okay. um, uh, yeah, she's really talented and good job, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, uh, really just a great job. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the, such a great episode to, to get back on oh. the show with. I uh, felt no, like, I uh, um, anyway, sorry. After taking a break, this was such a great reintroduction oh, to I know. the strengths of the show. Oh yeah, you know. And by the way, Creed Bratton is a for the both both of his scenes in this are some of his best ever. Yeah. Um, when they get obviously they get robbed, and the last person to mess with him was Creed Bratton. Uh huh. <laughs> and and then his all inclusive. Oh. Yeah, just a, a great example of how he has used so little yeah. to yeah. such strength. Deleted scene, he's stealing money from Meredith. Yeah. 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 When they're all cleaning up after the robbery. <laughs> but, uh, and then, uh, you know, going back to Dwight. Yeah, Dwight. Dwight and Phyllis. Oh, Dwight, yeah. And Phyllis, seeing Phyllis in such a, um, such a, it's a really great episode for her. Yeah. Well, just as a kind of a mentor, as a, not a mentor, but like a confidant. A, a confidant, you uh, know, somebody to talk to that he won't really, t- he kind of talks to, but really to himself. Yeah. He has so to warm up to it. And and you see him kind of try to come around to, to, to the help that she's offering. And then when he, you know, acts the fool at the end, you see him kind of having the realization, like, what did she do wrong? She got She tried to help, tried to help me, help me. You know, stuck her nose in my business. Tried to help, and then you, as he's saying it, he's just in you his eyes. His eyes are it, kind yeah. of like looking. And, yeah. And, and and any of us who've ever said something stupid have had that realization later, like, oh, 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 I'm the asshole. You right. Know, that's right. It's and and that's a great thing that we're seeing in Dwight is is his pig-headedness, yeah. his foolishness, his absurdity. We're seeing it give way to the kind of scared and weak man underneath. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, Just the his his idea of happiness is Angela taking him back. Yeah. Whereas Phyllis knows that his what he really needs to be is him being able to be happy with somebody who's gonna be happy, who wants to be with him. Yeah. Well and, and, and what, that's how damaged he is. And, and and she's 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 got a bold approach to this. You know, some people would say that the idea of the ultimatum might not have been the way to go. Yeah, maybe a little rash for perhaps, but really, um, yeah, it's 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 amazing. He kind of, I mean, it's kind of crazy that he actually took her up on it to a degree. But I think when I was watching that, I think that he thought in his mind, like she would, yeah, like he said, he he thought she had a master plan. Yeah, and why he like why he put that much thought, uh, why he gave her that much credit, I don't really know. But I think that he was just hurting and needed to talk to somebody about it. Perhaps. He's desperate. He and, is. And, he and, is desperate. And, and that's one thing we've 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 touched on on the show in the past is how breakups lead to desperation, and you find yourself, well, reaching for anything. Well, Hilton, in all, in all fairness, she taught him monotheism and that list. The, the I wonderful had to, thing of sheets, <laughs> pasteurized milk. Oh, what it was, med- um, preventative medicine. <laughs> preventative, preventative medicine. Presence on your birthday. <laughs> That list of what she taught him, I had to stop it and go back. It's so good. <laughs> I know, it's too much. <laughs> but that's a lot. Yeah, he's desperate. Uh, and his the deleted scene was great with him talking and ha- eating that sandwich. And mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, would you want used, half a sandwich? Yeah. I'll bring you some tomorrow. You've earned it. <laughs> yeah. 
all the, white. When she, or, or Phyllis, the little bits of wisdom, and this is in the episode where she says, uh, Angela's not a risk taker, and Andy's not much of a risk. You know, and I kind of had to sort of do a side head to that one because, yeah, at the time, I get what she means, and then later on, I mean, this is the writers didn't do Andy's character a lot of favors, but I was just like, yeah, he actually, he's kind of, <laughs> he's a little more risk than you might think he is. Right. Like, he's got a lot of problems. He does. He but, does. But at the time though, yeah, he seems like, you know, and he, Hey, he tells her they're going to leave Scranton and Dunder Mifflin and go down to Wa- what Walt Disney world celebration station, celebration Walt Disney station. or whatever. Is that what it was? I would really much like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I don't think she likes Andy Bernard. No. But the idea of an Ivy League educated man of of means who wants nothing but a simple life of comfort, fuck if I didn't just describe the perfect man for Angela. And it's pissing Dwight off. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think I think it's more vindictive than even just that. I mean, that's a really good point. He's safe. I think I read. I can't take full credit because I thought I saw somebody say that because when Dwight comes back and helps Phyllis, yeah, the fact that he's helping Phyllis is you know he gets to you know he gets to redeem himself to a degree. Because he's betting all this money on, on a hug from Phyllis, but yeah. at the same time, he is making it. He is definitely making Angela pissed off. He is showing that and he that can move on too. He can move on too, and and even though he really maybe deep down he's hurt and he, he doesn't want to, he's gonna make her. He wants to make her feel somewhat like because he knows and that so, she she hates Phyllis. Yeah. So just that alone. I think he knew that. And I think that's one one of the reasons he was doing what he was doing. But then, but he already had had the part where he's like, you know, she, she tried to help me, and he he knew. But he, I think it was added incentive to piss Angela. He'd off. come to his senses. He could. He, it yeah. was a way to thank Phyllis yeah. to raise money for the company he loves to show the woman that he has moved the woman he loves that he has moved on, yeah. even if he hasn't. Right, and he has that proud look. Has a really proud look yeah. on his face too. Seven hundred and one <laughs> penny. <laughs> Seven hundred bucks, man. That's that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, even with the beet farm, I mean, that's still a lot. Well, and you got to admit, and, and adding insult to injury, who else besides Bob Vance, of course, is bidding on the hug? But Andy, and, <laughs> and, and, yes. and, and she says, "What are you doing?" He says, "I need a hug." <laughs> it's like, you gonna give me one? He's like, "Not here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just remembered. Yeah, that 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 awesome trip's coming up where. Um, he calls her in the middle of the night, drunk off his ass. Oh yeah, that's the oh, same one where they go wait. to Toronto. Can't that's a, such a fun episode. Yeah, him and him and Oscar. That's gonna uh, be a good one. That's that's some good stuff. I'm lots of fun. That's a fun season. Yeah. Glad we're doing this again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man, I'm getting towards the end of my yeah, notes here. I think I'm kind of. Uh, Anything we haven't touched on? I think I'm out of... Uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, Michael's love of Bruce Springsteen is an interesting one. Oh, God. I wonder, no, no, no. I think, and I read this, the original joke was going to be that his favorite, the song that he plays is um, the Secret Garden song from Jerry Maguire. Okay. And then they thought it would be funnier that, no, he just he just has all these artists that, or these, these other singers that aren't Bruce Springsteen. That aren't Bruce at all, yeah, but he three, thinks they are. Right. And Huey Lewis, I mean... I guess you can kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, perhaps. But well, what's interesting is, is Springsteen such a perfect choice for that because now uh, well, everybody loves Bruce Springsteen, so well, it's sort of like and, it's a catch-all. And, well, and you know, you think about it, Springsteen has been one of these artists who, and, and maybe you know, I, I'm not. This isn't a music podcast, so forgive me if I'm getting a little out of my lane. But we here. talk music sometimes, but right. <laughs> But Springsteen, so in the 80s, there was born in the USA, and he was just the biggest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. And then he kind of, despite, he had a kind of image of that kind of American guy, Mm -hmm. but you really think about when his next singles were, I don't really remember much until we get to, like, Streets of Philadelphia. 
I will admit, um, during during the the some of the darkest moments of the pandemic myself, I had to kind of marvel at the fact that I um, what is the song called? Uh, Human Touch. Okay. I had to come to grips with the fact that I'm now over forty, and now I'm appreciating the uh, AOR version of Bruce Springsteen, yeah. which is that song that I'd grown up with and heard a million times. Yeah. And now I was actually like, wow, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a little, I was a little disturbed, I gotta say. But I guess where I'm going with this, but that's is, where is he was going to. Springsteen has got. I feel like Springsteen has got more of an aura of what a massive talent and, yeah. and, and part of the music business he is yeah. than he has actually a tracks record to back that up. Fair he has enough. had a couple of phenomenal hits and he is an incredibly talented and wonderful musician. Sure. But he has been he has not been in the center of the public eye on stage all this time. No. He's the kind of musician no. who comes in, yeah. makes his mark, and then goes and I guess hangs out in New Jersey for He's a few like years. what Pearl Jam does basically. Yeah. He goes and tour he like makes it most off touring. And, um, you know, he still has his core fans. But if you were going to make me a mixtape of Springsteen songs, <laughs> I would run out of ideas after four songs. Really? It's the three we've mentioned and Radio Radio. And that's it. Is that, I, is I that even know, what that's called? I didn't, I didn't know that one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's more recent. Uh, I could. I could. I, well, and again, that might be me being out of my lane. I think a lot of I think a lot of boomers just love them and Bruce Springsteen. But the idea of Michael like kind of knowing who Bruce Springsteen is <laughs> yeah. more than knowing any of his music <laughs> yeah. made sense to me. Oh, totally. And the fact that he just kind of found four <laughs> generic white guy songs, one of which was sold by sung by a black woman, you know, <laughs> completely makes sense to me. Being Tracy Chapman. And Bruce Springsteen, Huey Lewis, uh, Randy, Randy Newman, Randy and, Newman. and Tracy Chapman. Who, by the way, Fast Car is such a good fucking song. I, I'm almost embarrassed how much I hated that when I was a kid. Oh, I love it. Now. I love it. I now. love it now. Such a good song, and it's a great song. I think I don't know. I just I don't know what it was. I was a weird kid. Yeah, I was a weird kid. But I mean, we whatever. I, I was. I liked Poison back then. You know, like. Yeah. Anyway, they're hey, also hey, pretty fun. They're fun. No, that's good music. But I mean, I was just I, I couldn't I couldn't couldn't wrap my head around it. Apparently, but yeah. <laughs> Michael still thinks it's Bruce Springsteen. Well, you know what? You know what? Fast Car. Fast Car was a slow song. Those are the some of the you know deep. Those when I was pre- listening to yeah. rock music, because mm. what were we? What were we yeah. Twelve years old? Oh, they maybe? Play, Thirteen they years also old? Pl- no, I mean that was like eighty eight, eighty nine. Oh, so we were like, nine we were like, yeah, yeah, nine, ten, like, yeah. So, so but they also played on MTV for a lot, and that got old. Okay, too, because that was a, everybody's like top song of the year. But now you talk about it's a sad song. It's got deep lyrics. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful song. I mean, beautiful, like, beautiful, but also at oh, nine but, years but, old, I wasn't listening to no, the lyrics. No, I wasn't listening to the lyrics. Didn't care unless they said like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were the heroes <laughs> in a half shell. Exactly. You know, I was yeah, listening to yeah, those yeah. lyrics. Garfield but, and Friends. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I that, that those are my lyrics that spoke to me at that age but but yeah <laughs> but you know like you and you and your fella in the car gonna drive till morning because you don't know where you can turn yeah what, that's what's that all about i don't know i, I don't want to know what that's nine all year about you to get that shit <laughs> no, like this isn't for children's ears no. great song tracy chapman great you're song. a fucking legend you're a legend you're american treasure you're american treasure you gotta say you, you, and, you and the lady that plays mcgonagall yeah you and marsden you and you and, you and oh, james marsden <laughs> Ah, oh, that's a thank you, sir. Thank you for bringing our our love of of, of James Marsden you know, to opinions like a holes over here. Well, he came back into my my life recently um, through a watching? roundabout way through uh, my, me actually liking a, a one of my sports uh, guys, uh, Eddie Radosovich. If you don't know that name, he's kind of a he's a sportscaster uh, influencer okay. actually in Oklahoma City area. But anyway, he went to Putnam City North, and there's a, just a joke about I saw a joke that he had printed about the legends from Putnam City North. 
As James Marsden from Putnam City he North? Wasn't, he wasn't listed, and one of his Twitter commenters goes like, the disrespect to Marsden. I said, and he was like, apparently Eddie has something against superheroes, so he, he, that's why he wasn't on the list. But Unacceptable. He had, he had li- a li- but Munn was on the list. And I didn't know that oh, she was from, from PC North. Man, that Putnam <laughs> City. What a town, man. What a town. Bunch of... Bunch of bunch of all stars, but yeah, anyway, yeah, sir, good James Marsden. I, but I, that was uh, after after listening to you guys talk about James Marsden so much, He's I figured so I would have known that. So good. <laughs> if you haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog, go watch it. So goddamn. Good. I bet Hop was good too. Anytime he's playing off of nothing. The best. <laughs> nice. Good on 30 Rock, too. James, if you're listening. James, yeah. This is for you, bud. We love you, buddy. Oh, so We're back we, just for you. So glad we brought that up here. That's all I got, That's man. all I got, dude. And I got no trivia because I am I can only do so much for the first. I don't want to jump into it too much. I forgot we did trivia. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. By the remember way, we doing trivia? trivia? No, no, never mind. We didn't do it. <laughs> Guys, um, let us know where you're listening to us. Drop us a line yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Um, uh, we, since we don't have an, e- an email. Since uh, we, podcast at gmail.com is not a not real email address. Real. Uh, we are back. Uh, uh, we are still learning uh, some stuff about since we moved to the new website. So if you're not seeing all of our episodes, let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do hope you're seeing the latest ones. The latest and the greatest. Uh, and I got to tell you, man, we may have to go back and revisit some of the old ones. I feel like I, I can see see with a clearer eye on some of these stories me now me too they do this on the other podcasts so they i feel back. i feel completely justified justified doing it. yeah excellent i mean oh make me talk about older episodes of the office oh darn oh but yeah twist make, my arm make us fucker. talk about seasons two and three again <laughs> no exactly no i'd love to we'll see you next week <laughs> all right see you